Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Spooked. The Scary Story Improvised Podcast. I'm Damian Depping. I'm Cody Crane. And uh, oh boy, can you hear my froggy voice today? Yeah, we had one week <laughs> where we got to record together again for like, the first time in like five episodes. And yeah. now you have COVID and we're immediately apart again. I think it's so funny. I quarantine out of that house for a month and a half and then all of a sudden I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for the listeners at home, they don't understand that uh, we are... Uh, close roommates that like to watch TV shows mm-hmm. together at night. We haven't watched any. I haven't watched any TV shows. I don't know what's going on in the world. I don't. I don't have anything going on now. I just sit in a dark room. I put a pillowcase on my head and I just. I just stand there. <laughs> yeah, you. You took that approach. I decided to uh, watch the TV shows by myself. I did, yeah, I you did. piece of shit. What are you, what are you doing? Well, I mean, I. I guess I wanted to know what it felt like to have independence, oh, but. <laughs> It's not good. It's sad and it's lonely. Are we getting a divorce? Is that what this is? <laughs> well, hopefully not. I hope that you uh, clear up here eventually. Maybe I'll re-get it again. We'll just keep on cycling. That's true. I might I might never clear up. And then maybe yeah. we'll both have uh, forever long COVID. <laughs> well, I, I don't actually know how uh, your COVID uh, been going, mm-hmm. like how you've been feeling. I know that for myself that I felt like if I was to get COVID one more time within mm-hmm. like this next month, that might be the end of me. Like, I don't <laughs> think I could survive it. Right, right. So uh, do you feel the same? Is that how yours went? Uh, it's definitely not the sickest I've been, but it's not nice. It's more just like a constant uncomfortableness. Like I'm just sore. Uh, my head is sore. I got a sore throat. I'm just like achy and tired. And it's just like, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> what a sad way to, <laughs> to fade out of it, too. Just, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but, but like, yeah, you know, it's not it's not the worst, but it's not great. It's not it's not fun. Well, congratulations on having better overall health than me, because I almost passed away. It was almost it for me. Right. That's true. Well, it didn't stop you from tweeting. <laughs> that's true i went hardcore on the twitter over the like, COVID. yeah that's how i figured it's like yeah he's fine i i was like well i'm in bed i can't wait to share all of my opinions <laughs> about my COVID. <laughs> but it's not all about me and my twitter today huh 
because we have a guest here. We have a Gemini Award winner, Ooh. a two-time Canadian Comedy Award winner. We have writer, comedian, improviser, Anessa Franteschi here. Yay! Hello! Thank you for that lovely intro. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thank you. And it's very funny to me because we were discussing our uh, COVID stories uh, pre-tape and I thought, oh, well, this isn't going to be on the podcast and then you jumped right back into it. We we have to. (laughs) It's been an ongoing saga for us, so I feel like we kind of need to update the people listening. Yeah. Yeah. Only benefit of having COVID is that you get to complain constantly about how you had COVID. <laughs> yeah, I, it rocked me. I got rocked. I got yeah. rocked. No, I, I, I wasn't a, an asymptomatic type. No, no, no. <laughs> I got rocked. I got knocked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of how it hit me, too. And then even like after I just like tried to play some basketball outside after I didn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I just like felt it in my heart and I was like oh here we oh. go I'm going down <laughs> my brother's a software engineer so he immediately sent me an oximeter and all this <laughs> stuff and I like I had a massive amount of tinctures I am eastern and western medicine I got a humidifier like if mm-hmm. anybody gets COVID uh, hit me up I'm stocked uh <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you what to do <laughs> yeah well, Anissa, I want to talk about you here because you moved to L.A. from Canada. You um, started here in Canada, of course, and really did it all. You did the Canadian checklist of uh, just completing <laughs> it. And then you're like, well, I can move on from this because <laughs> I mean, to, to look at it like Skechersons, Second City. Right. And four Ooh. reviews. It, that's yes. Right. Um, I'm a bozo. So if I get anything wrong, just let me know. But uh, kids in the hall. Mm-hmm. That's a huge check mark. Yeah. Amazing Gale Pyle. 45 episodes. Yes. Wow. Out of a total of 50. So there's only five that uh, you didn't want any business with. And they're the worst <laughs> ones. Yeah. <laughs> I was really sad that. about. And then Cronenberg movie. A Cronenberg yes. movie. Yes. Whoa. Yes, yes. And um, I think I, I, I did a pilot with Bruce McDonald, too. And I think that's the Canadian trifecta there as well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, I've played Ratwoman uh, twice in my career. And one of them was <laughs> with David Cronenberg. <laughs> one of the uh, a great thing to be like te- uh, typecast as uh, Ratwoman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was uh, that was like kind of a, a legendary uh, movie in a way where I remember going to theaters and personally feeling like, whoa, Robert Pattinson is more than just this Twilight business. That was kind of the movie that did it, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look at him now. Mm-hmm. He's he's Batman. Yeah. So yeah. Cosmopolis. And <laughs> I mean, He's in a limo for it, so he's definitely a part of, you know, like it's kind of yeah. Batman-esque. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also video on trial, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah this, these are all of uh, the check marks for being wow. a successful Canadian. Well, great. 
and 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 you're only successful when someone tells you that you're successful. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> that's what I'm here today to do is to actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, Trudeau sent me here today to give you mm-hmm. a certificate. Uh, Thank so you. That's what it's all about. Because yeah. you don't feel it when you, um, you know, uh, <laughs> you can't pay your rent. So it's, you, have to, <laughs> you have to go back and read your bio every now well, and again. You know? <laughs> success is a state of mind. It's not a monetary <laughs> place. That's right. Exactly. No, definitely. No, I, I, uh, I, that's the one thing I love about the internet and social media. I know people criticize it a lot, but you know, whenever I have to like scroll back through and find like a birthday photo to post or something for someone, then I, I'm always like, wow, look at all these memories. Oh, wow. Like, there's, uh, I've had a lot of fun in my life, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Um, out of all of the things uh, that you've done and like including all of the things I've uh, listed here, what was kind of like going up? Um, what was kind of the moment where you were like, whoa, this is a really cool experience. Like what was kind of that coolest experience at the time? I think probably just because I had never. OK, you know how when people like when you have a dream as a child. Yeah. Um, what I find really interesting is that. Some dreams you can't have because the technology wasn't invented yet. So it's beyond mm-hmm. your wildest dreams. So I would right. say that I did an Avicii video um, that shot in Barbados. So it was cool because I got to go there. But this was, I guess, like it was like YouTube. It was on YouTube. So this was the first time that I had like people from around the world reaching out to me because like, yeah. it was wildly popular and I didn't you know, realize electronic music was back baby (laughs) and um so it was i still have people reach out to me all the time so i have a big fan base in europe that i never (laughs) you know that i but it was like that that was the time where i was getting recognized on the street and stuff like that i think it's i'm most recognized from that avici video for sure because it's about a woman going on a bender too so i have this kind of like meltdown and um you know i have sex on a boat and smash a printer and (laughs) Um, and it features, um, a cameo from Simu Liu. I did notice that too. Yeah. Which is very cool. So I think, um, he was starting his career then and obviously, uh, obviously, uh, was he playing the printer? Uh, no, no. I, but oh. I think he, he he gives me he gives me a look. He gives me oh, a okay. strong look. Yeah. <laughs> I think he he's like earlier on in the music video too, and I kind of like saw him. I was like, "Was that?" And then like you get the like the close up of him later on. Uh, but as yeah. far as like because uh, this is I could be the one uh, was the music video, and as far as like music videos go, this is like when you are told you have one and you've booked one this is what you would dream up. Like, this is exactly Mm -hmm. like you, you are the focal point of this entire one. You have lines uh, throughout it as well. Like the music stops and you get to have like those, like, I don't, I'm coming to my head, like sketches, but they're not really like sketches, (laughs) but you have like those breaks in the music video of like scenes. And I I think that it, and plus the locations that you got to film in as well. Like, I, I feel like, if you are hoping to be in a music video, this is as good as it gets. Like this is the best it can possibly be. Oh, absolutely. And they let me improvise a ton. And I, I, you know, I brought all my own clothes and did my own wardrobe. So I got to be very creatively 
involved. And that's always the best for an improviser. All my favorite projects mm-hmm. are when I get to improvise. Yeah, it's the best. It's very cool. Um, I, did, yeah. I did a uh, a music video uh, during the pandemic where they allowed me to improvise and I watched it after and I was completely cut out. yeah oh i've had that happen too i've definitely been cut out before too there's a great uh like a a commercial i did um where it was like they were trying to time like a head turn and they needed everybody to time and then for some reason i just kept being slightly off like i couldn't i couldn't match (laughs) and then when i saw it it was like for that part, they just like sliced me out of the, the frame. <laughs> Could not get it. Sometimes you can't, you know? <laughs> um, when you filmed the Avicii music video, was he around for it? Because I wouldn't imagine that he would have to be, but. No, not at all. Definitely yeah. not. It was a Toronto production company and um, somebody recommended me, actually. I, um, and that's kind of how I, uh, they were looking for a Toronto comedian. So um yeah, so I went in and auditioned, but yeah, so uh, never <laughs> met him. Rest in peace, uh, Avicii. So uh, yeah, um, yeah, but it's a little piece of art that lives on, you know. Definitely, and it and it is such a uh, a great music video where it's also just like incredibly like relatable as well, yeah. and like I don't know, the, and the how you portray it as well really helps it become like a full story. I think too, I, I actually like that part, the, the message of the video is to live now because you don't know what's going to happen in life and you don't know how long you have on this planet, which is kind of like the, which is kind of what's sort of um, sad and beautiful about it at the same time. Uh, But at the time I was, trying to I had finished Second City I was back at work waitressing as you have to Mm -hmm. do because you need to make money and I was saving to move to Los Angeles which of course it was my dream for a long time and and so that part of the the character is kind of stuck in that sort of like rat race you know day in kind of monotony so I put a lot of heart in there because I think I still relate to that I still relate to that experience of just wanting more in your life and not knowing how to get it and 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 being afraid to kind of go after what you want all of those things like all those themes still really resonate so mm-hmm. i always like inject my my own garbage into whatever <laughs> i do you know <laughs> and and i think that, that the message of the song too uh kind of its relevance uh really like comes back especially with like covid right and yeah um <clears throat> how much and I know that we were talking before the podcast too with how much of like your personal life just gets like set aside with it and everything so that kind of relevance comes back with this song and then also I think that as far as like Avicii's songs too like this kind of goes with um, his life and like uh, passing away so young and everything like Mm -hmm. that too that I think it's a heavily looked back on song yeah and I think that um, you really just don't know what people are dealing with and whenever we think about someone else's life and wanting someone else's life, you have to, if you imagine that scenario, oh, I wish I could be so-and-so, they're rich and famous and, and whatnot. With that, you have to trade everything. You know, you have to trade all the mm-hmm. people you know, all the people you care about 
um, your childhoods, any abuse or trauma that those people suffered. Like, and so it's never, it's never as simple as it seems. And you, you really just, um, yeah, you just never know what's going on internally with people, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. To, uh, switch over, um, back, I referenced it before amazing Gail Pyle. Yeah. Um, because you're also a, a writer on the show yes. too. And I don't believe the show is officially done, is it? It's, you know, it lives in, um, you know, it lives, we, we, we think it's done every single season. So um, <laughs> it lives in this kind of place now. Um, I feel like we jumped the shark like three seasons ago. So we've got an apocalyptic <laughs> and the, the post-apocalyptic beach resort uh, mm -hmm. is, is uh, what uh, was in our last season. So, I mean, I think the only place next is space, maybe Gale Pile in space. You know, we never, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe we'll go there, but uh, definitely uh, the most creative, fulfilling experience. And what an insane character I play. And actually, the woman who plays the therapist in the Avicii video, she is on season five of oh, uh, wow. Gale Pile. Yeah. Oh, nice. A little, a little reunion. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it's such a uh, kind of like uh, bonkers show that it has gone <laughs> five seasons and just had like incredible cameos too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like uh, John Hamm being in multiple episodes, Paul Shear, Rich Fulcher, like Linda Cash, of course, too. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's it's really incredible for something to kind of be born here and then kind of go out like that, you know. <laughs> Oh, totally. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and I love the, I, you know, I love the alt comedy scene and it, you know, it really, it really was very exciting to have people, you know, connect to the show and, and just, yeah, that's all we want. All we want is a cult following. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it is perfect for that. And I think that a big part of, uh, Toronto as well, like the, uh, the, alt comedy scene in here has been like so big for so long, you know, and it's uh, one of those things that I think that if you're outside of Toronto, you haven't had a chance to appreciate it yet, but it, it truly is like a league of its own. Yeah, because I, I, I have a few theories about it and I do think that, yeah, we don't have necessarily the same people who do comedy here really love it because <laughs> there are, fewer opportunities and so you stay in the live scene longer I think and I think because I hear all the time in LA oh Canadians are so funny Canadians are so funny and I was like well a besides like what I think is kind of our unique sensibility I think that mm -hmm. there's we have a we do have a Canadian culture that is you know, self-deprecating a little more. Um, we have less of the fake it till you make it thing that I think is exists in America. We, <laughs> yeah. so we're a little more vulnerable on stage. We kind of tell mm -hmm. our truth a little bit more. These are just my observations, of course. And then I also think by the time a Canadian gets to LA, as I said, you know, they've been at it 10, 15, 20 years already. So I'm like, that also right. contributes to why I'm like, it's just very hard to move here. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it takes us a long time. So we got yep. a little practice yep. in, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, not to uh, discredit some Americans, but even like for like example, you know, you have like one of the biggest like comedians in the world, right? You have like a, a, like a Kevin Hart, for example. He has mm -hmm. a, one or two very good specials and then it's like off to the races. You're skyrocket. Mm -hmm. Now you're a big movie star. Like imagine if 
someone had those two like really good quality specials, but then uh, there's no opportunity for them to go anywhere else. So they just have to keep yeah. grinding and yeah. You, yeah. you kind of have that vulnerability and sadness brought into it, it constantly <laughs> where there's still the passion, but we're getting worn down and it's uh, a new kind of comedy, I think. <laughs> that's just that's a hard thing in life in general not to measure yourself by external um accolades which is what we were just talking about there yeah. right too mm -hmm. because it does it does you're like well if i then why don't i have the house or the marriage right, or the right. kids or the gig or whatever right so it's really hard to be your own champion all the time which i think you have to do but i did read and i can't remember what the actress, who the actress was, but I did read an article re recently and it was an actress who had achieved success later in life. And she said, keep your love story alive. Uh, which I just love that idea of like, keep being excited about your own mm -hmm. things. I think we were like that more at the beginning where you're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to do this? So imagine if I, if I <laughs> could do stand up one day, imagine if I could have a show or whatever it is like, that got you excited and then and you know invariably or uh, it's not the right word whatever but eventually of course you'll always want more and then all the things that you have done won't seem like as much type thing i also um went to um uh a molly shannon um you know she released a book recently and she was being interviewed by john c Riley, and she had a similar sentiment about her experiences in la and like being kind of upset at first being like well why when is it gonna be me but but that she would always go back to this notion of like, well, I'm out here trying, like I am pursuing, like that's really the thing that, that like, you know, be enamored with your own story and like keep your own story alive. Right. And I was just telling um, uh, my roommate the other day where I was like, the best time is like before you know you did or didn't get a job or did or didn't get something you want because Nobody has control over that moment. So I mm -hmm. get to be like, oh, this would be so nice if I got to do this. Oh, how fun that would be. And it's like, yeah. that's my, nobody can take that for me. Like that moment of getting excited versus already being like, well, I probably won't get it. It doesn't matter. You know, like, it's like, no, I want to, that's my time before the date before they ghost me before <laughs> any of that happens let me be excited for the potential you know yeah i i and i completely agree with that because especially like if you're getting like an audition for something that you never thought you would get an audition for and you're like looking at the like i'm i'm the kind of uh weirdo that's like I'll look up the writer and then I'll look up the director oh. and then I'm like looking at all the credits and I'm like, Oh, they've done this and this and this that's they're interesting and everything like that. And I just get totally excited just by the opportunity of uh, auditioning. Like, I mean, mind you booking, it would be insane, but just, but that's step two. You know? Yeah. That's step yeah. two. Let's look at the little checklist. Oh, I got to yeah. go for that. <laughs> That's good because a lot of times that energy can quickly become like, I need this. I deserve this. It's my turn. Yeah, and then exactly. like that excitement can start to become more like stressful and anxiety inducing. Mm -hmm. But if you can keep it in that sweet spot of just like enjoying that. And then, and then I always think too about 
my younger self, like my eight-year-old self, you know, who couldn't do like an oral book report because I was unable to make eye contact, <laughs> you know, like, you know, but, uh, but just like, like, um, you know, like sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I would have thought this was really cool. Like I do remember like there was a time where I was nannying in Los Angeles and I was nannying these two, uh, little girls who were very, very cool. And, uh, I remember they said to me and it was like, I felt like, I mean, I felt like a loser to be honest. Okay. Like straight up, but they were like, like, you know, I have like my old car that I drove out here, you know, like whatever. And they're like, oh, you're, they're like, you're so cool. Like your car has stickers all over it. And <laughs> you get to be an artist and like, like, like they thought it was cool. They're like, and you're not married. They're like, ah, oh, that you just get to hang out with your friends. And I was like, Oh, I was like, you think my life is cool? Okay. <laughs> like, but, but I was like, but it is, it's all perception, right? You yeah. know, so. Because. So, it, uh, yeah, anyway. It, exactly. Like, I mean, you could be, if like one of your friends started listing those things off at you and not saying it's cool or whatever, you'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, but then yeah. when someone's excited <laughs> about it, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say the people who like the stickers on my car tend to be of a younger generation. <laughs> not a lot of friends my own age commenting on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like most people kind of grow out of the sticker phase but i mean hey if you want to continue with it you got to keep going i think it's cool. <laughs> but who am i a guy in a fruit gusher shirt <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, you you can repair the scratches on your bumper, or you can band-aid solution it. <laughs> um, but to dive into a spookier note here, okay, okay, um, which I already know the answer to this because it was uh, Jason mentioned this. But do you believe in ghosts? Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, one thousand percent. Amazing. 100%. And I'm so excited to uh, <laughs> and Jason briefly mentioned a, mm -hmm. uh, a story that uh, the two of you uh, were a part of, but didn't give your perspective, went away and he, he was like, you need to ask Anessa about it. So there is a story that Jason was telling about you two doing a tour and staying at this hotel. I heard there was yes. some staging involved. I can't believe that. I mean, that just leave it to Jason DeRoss to be so polite to not share our most epic ghost story. <laughs> to save it for me. Um, uh, what a what a gentleman. Uh, well, we were doing um, we had a gig together. We were doing a murder mystery and they were providing lodging for us. And uh, it was um, in Lake Arrowhead, California, which already has like kind of it's like a mountain region. There's a lot of like fog and it has like that full vibe. And um, I thought uh, the, the job we were doing was at a historical building called the Tudor House. And across from it is the Brackenfern Manor. And she had mentioned like, are you okay with ghosts? And I was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, but I thought that it was like the theater or the, the place that we were performing. But apparently it's both that and the lodging. And this place, the Brackenfern Manor, I believe it's featured on 
an episode of ghost adventurers or ghost hunters. So it's not only haunted, it's notoriously haunted. Um, and I guess it used to be uh, the, 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 the building was owned by Bugsy Siegel in like the 1930s or whatever. And this place, there's an underground tunnel connecting the two buildings. Mm -hmm. And this place where we were staying was a brothel. So I guess people would party over at the Tudor house, take the underground tunnel, go to the secret brothel. And uh, there have been some deaths there. Uh, and it's not a tall building, but they claim that a prostitute committed suicide by jumping off the roof. But I feel like she might have been dead prior to that. Um, it's not the way you it's like a two story building. So I don't think yeah. you would jump to your death from that. And there was also, I guess, the road is kind of a little bit tricky. So there's a little boy as well, too, that was hit by a car that allegedly mm -hmm. uh, haunts the, the building. Coming home so, from the brothel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, back in the 30s, we'd all play outside brothels, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, so our arrival there, though, was so weird to the point where Jason and I have both acted on like prank shows and stuff like scare tactics and that. But so we thought we were, so we know a little bit about how those shows work. But it was like, we thought we were being pranked because it was so, it was so crazy. So when we arrive, there is nobody there. Um, and we were like, okay, so we're kind of fiddling around doors. There's, a door that's lower that leads to what looks like a wine cellar, but it's like a stone hallway, immediately extremely creepy. And then we're kind of like around, nobody's around. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this woman pops up with a friend and is like, are you trying to get into the Brackenfern? And uh, we're like, yes. <laughs> and she's like, here, I'll let you in. And like, there's a code on the door and lets us in. And that's when it's revealed that there's nobody actually working there. That this place is so haunted that they only rent it out for these people. If you have to rent out the whole inn for these ghost experiences, if you want to do like a seance. And the rest of the time, it's empty. So me and Jason are going to be the only two people staying there the night. And they're like, so she comes in and she's like, all right. Here you go. Don't go on to the third floor. And then we're like, um, okay, like, can you tell us like which rooms are like less haunted? And they're like, well, the Rose Room has a pretty good energy, but stay away from Violet. So all the rooms are kind of named after the ghosts. And then I guess like too, it's like if you're running a place and kind of renting it out um, to people for a ghost experience, it would behoove you maybe to make it as creepy as possible. So there's like, the fireplace has like a weird antique key that if it comes out, then you can't um, like turn the fireplace off. I'm like, we're gonna burn this place down. The biggest, craziest, old timey oven stove thing that she's trying to show me that I'm like, I'm not gonna like release gas and let light this place on fire. <laughs> Freezing cold, it's either, freezing cold or extremely hot weird looking i i think the big sign of a haunted house and perhaps you agree is tiny doors small <laughs> doors oddly shaped doors 
So there's like a weird small door that leads to a library and you open it and there's like a knight in armor that like startles you and all this <laughs> or whatever. Like, um, and uh, the experience itself was absolutely terrifying. So we were we were debating. I was like, I don't know if I can do mm -hmm. this. Um, so what we talked to the uh, our host or whatever, and I was like, huh, like, eh, I wish I had a sage or something to like maybe clear the energy. And she's like, I've got an emergency sage kit in my car. And she came and gave us a little baggie and it had like a tiny piece of sage, a feather, and like a couple of other things. So we could do just an emergency ritual. So I told Jason, I went, um, I went, hate to break it to you. We're gonna have to stay in the kids room with like the two small twin beds because I was like, I can't, uh, I can't mm. stay alone because in any other <laughs> circumstance, if you are staying in a place and if you had other people there, suppose we did rent the place out, you hear a weird sound or a door slam and that could be anyone, that could be staff, anybody else in the building yeah. working. But when you know it's just you two and you know that a sound is not created by either one of you two, then it's considerably more terrifying. So... Um, <laughs> We do the sage. We, as soon as it get dark, it gets dark, we hear screams. Like we hear absolute screams. <laughs> so that's fine. Of course, Jason <laughs> falls asleep immediately at midnight. And I am terrified the whole night. I heard door slams. Um, but the worst part for me, and I swear to God, I kept feeling like, somebody kind of like pushing my bed and like every two hours in like a loop I would I would feel like the pressure of like as if somebody had sat on my bed and I also felt what I felt like was like hairs being lifted off my head so then I ended up kind of putting a sheet over my body or whatever and um like woke Jason up several times uh but the, the pushing of the bed. So I thought this is like, I thought you're being crazy. This is crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Until at around six in the morning, my bed collapsed. Like it, it, it was like the, you know, like the mattress kind of sits on like the frame yeah. and I did, mm -hmm. it felt like somebody pushed it. So it felt like somebody pushed it off the, the, the bed frame and my bed collapsed. And that was that. So I was like, I think I have the kid ghost. We have the kids room. And I think I had the kid ghost being a bit of a rascal. And um, or I um, I mean, what's the alternative? I've put on weight and broke the bed myself. I don't think so. <laughs> Either way, I wouldn't be pleased. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, what, here, here's the thing. Not a great night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. not the sleep you want when you're performing uh a, a, an improvised murder mystery the next day <laughs> it was just yeah. uh, how did uh the improvised murder mystery go the next day was that a uh what kind of days were you in for that <laughs> oh yes i mean it was still a great time we had a fun yeah. time but we stayed at the host's place the following evening but uh <laughs> The following evening, again, somebody rented it out and they had like, it seemed like they were having a great time in there, but I did not enjoy myself. <laughs>
Well, yeah, the, the bed was already <laughs> broken on the ground, so they could just enjoy it. It couldn't go any further down. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, very, very scary. And then I did have, um, I did uh, speak to somebody who stayed there um, maybe several weeks later and couldn't get through the night, had to leave. Wow. Yeah. The, yeah. See, the things that... Okay, having an emergency sage kit, I assume that was next to like the uh, emergency <laughs> medical kit, just yeah. in case. Chopper uh, cables, sage yeah. medical kit. Yeah, makes sense. Um, that's preparation, though. And then, I mean, emergency yeah, preparation I, H. I would have been like the same as you with like the fireplace and the oven. I'd be like, don't even bother showing me this. I'm not going to use it. This doesn't seem like something I can safely go with. Uh, how about no one ever uses this stuff? Um, and then terrifying underground tunnel is terrifying to me and even more than just like a paranormal sense, but just any extra way someone can get into your house or get into a, a building is uh, not for me. I don't need not any. For, yeah. I don't need any extra ways. <laughs> I can watch the doors. I can watch the windows. But now coming from the ground, I don't know about this. Yes, we don't love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also worked at uh, the Keg Mansion, one of Canada's mm -hmm. most notoriously haunted uh, buildings. And they also have an underground tunnel that led to a hospital because oh. back in the day, people were ashamed about going to a doctor and revealing illnesses. I guess if you were like a patriarch of a prominent family, like maybe people would go after your will or what. I don't know what it was, but right. mm -hmm. there was a lot of like, secrecy involving doctor's visits so there is an underground tunnel uh from the keg mansion that led somewhere Ooh. and that place was very haunted too yeah yeah wow. we've uh, uh we've uh, written a little bit about it too i know that the mm -hmm. ghost of uh raymond massey abraham lincoln yeah. actor resides there <laughs> wow yeah. yeah also a kid ghost yeah ghost uh -huh. yeah yeah that uh, yeah, that that is a uh, terrifying. Did you did you decide to work there because you're like, oh, I'm interested in ghosts? I uh, I know I had already worked at the keg in Mississauga. Um, mm. So I was I, I was a kegger already, you know, and it's uh, <laughs> obviously a beautiful building. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a prime location for a, a keg. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, but um Definitely, again, the third floor where all the servers change and stuff like you would hear door slam. You'd see things walk by mostly in the bar. There would be like wine glasses flung off. There's a ghost that occupies the woman's washroom that people sometimes see, like hearing footsteps or seeing feet next to them. People have seen that. And then the kid ghost on the stairs, um, there's a spindle um, that is loose that always gets pushed off like you come you know that as if like you know that falls and then it, it gets put back and then it falls again or whatever so yeah there's there's a few sounds um, just like a shoddy contractor fixing it <laughs> yeah 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 i was like he's just trying to some... make some money <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah can we toss a nail in there or something uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's just up there actually just breaking things <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was, back in three weeks. <laughs> there was one time when, um, uh, though there was like a work party. And I think, again, it's like kind of obviously later in the bar, you know, you know, they come out a little bit later. 
Um, so there was like a company meeting and this woman had gone to use the washroom and um, for a while, like, I guess after a while, people noticed she hadn't come back and somebody went to check on her. They went into the bathroom and this woman was like curled up in the corner and she said, she won't let me leave. Very spooky. And that's the ghost in the bathroom at the Keg Mansion. It's a good way to get out of the corporate meeting, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I might have to try that sometime. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, ghost. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned uh, scare tactics, too. And I want to ask you a little bit about that, because being a part of that show, you're genuinely making people fear for their lives, I think. So what what's that experience like to bring someone to that much fear? Well, um, I think um, what happens often, I think, on those shows is that sometimes these people have previously signed up for right. some kind of reality right. show yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. And then on those sheets, they usually put a friend, a contact info for a friend. And then I guess at some later point, maybe that friend is contacted and um, sets up the prank, basically, right? You know, there's Mm. always like a friend who kind of sets them up. So I think that's actually smart strategically because basically it's different than if you're really like, you know, pranking a random person. Oh, yeah. But (laughs) You know, I think in this case, it's like they're scared for sure, but uh, they are most of the time and you know and we kind of pranked people a little bit on gale pile as well because the people Mm -hmm. they think they're auditioning for a real home shopping channel but then they end up with this cast of characters right so most people um are happy when they find out you know that it's a show and stuff like that so i think that definitely helps like who you're selecting um the other part of it though which i think is kind of the cool like psychological part of it that i learned which was really interesting is that we all have like a really strong intuitive guidance system so my part often on some of these shows uh the best the most fun i had was on a show called freak encounters because it was all creature based that Mm -hmm. surprise surprise is the second time i played rat woman and in that case (laughs) Um, it was a, a rat had gnawed off my legs. So there was like a whole gag of me in a bed with like kind of, they converted my knees into stumps. And um, the gag that it was that my, my husband was like feeding me slowly to this rat and I needed this person to save me or whatever. But <laughs> my, my, my parts were often like interacting with the marks of the people that are being pranked. Um, mm-hmm. um, and What's really cool psychologically is that you you intuitively know that something is weird is going on, but you don't know what, like your brain can't figure it out because it's like right. cameras are hidden, the, the shapes are off, it's oddly bright, you know? That's kind of what Jason and I were feeling at this haunted house. It's like the woman just came upon us. They gave us the warning about the third floor. We were like, that's where the crew is hidden. You know what I mean? Like there were just, <laughs> everything feels off and you can't put your yeah. finger on it. So my job was often to kind of help justify that intuitive impulse. So usually it would be something like, hey, if the boss is seeming really weird, it's because he's going through a divorce. And they go, oh, 
Oh yeah, I sense something. Yeah. Oh, you know what? If the um, yeah, if the building is uh, like seems weird, yeah, it's just um, we're moving some stuff out, so it's like uh, it's a real mess in there or something. So giving you give them something that their brain can latch onto to be like, okay, I knew something was off. Like I knew, right. and then they kind of like relaxed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. I was usually like, kind of like with the person, like kind of helping them. So it wasn't as like, but you know, sometimes it was, um, sometimes it was bad. One time, sometimes you go, okay, that, uh, you never know how people are going to react. And also sometimes it's embarrassing because, um, sometimes if I'm getting attacked by the creature, they just leave me behind. Um, so <laughs> I, I I do have it. It's a little off, but I do have this like this one funny anecdote about. It's actually it, it, on a serious subject. It's about like the paranoia about about guns and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, this was at a comedy theater in Los Angeles, and this is again another weird instance of group mind and everybody kind of like um, reacting the same way. Um, but we were in a green room or, uh, and there was, I think it was like, I don't know, there might've been, you know, 10 or 15, I think it was mostly women. We're all like kind of getting ready. And um, we hear like, like a pop sound and then like a couple more like pop, pop, pop. And then it was like, you know, when people always say like gunshots don't really sound like what you think they sound like, they sound more like kind of a pop like that. Right. So, we everybody like looked around and then all of a sudden like everybody just in a swoop it was like i shut the door somebody put a garbage can in front of it we lifted the entire couch upright and like slammed it against the door everybody got on the ground right like just full like mass mass like kind of like panic or whatever but then the one part about it that's just so awful is our friend Connor was outside and they knocked on the door and and uh, opened the door. Somebody opened the door like a crack, saw it was Connor, but then like w- like just so in the head, like thought maybe Connor's being compromised by the person or whatever. So <laughs> didn't let Connor in. <laughs> they caught Connor there just to get some props. <laughs> and then Connor was like, and then anyways, uh, long story short, the three pops we heard ended up being literally somebody popping three balloons um, <laughs> after a show. So an actual pop. And Connor, to this day, quite upset that going, but if you did think I was <laughs> being compromised, you didn't let me in. <laughs> like, I was like, and then I kept being like, I was on the ground at the back. Like, I, I, you know, I wasn't by the door. But it was like, it was. I was like, that's, that's wild. But I was like, it's crazy how quickly people are programmed now kind yeah. of to react and stuff. So anyway, that was wild. Yeah, I think because uh, like you're right when you're when you're watching the shows, you're kind of like, well, this is a weird situation. How do uh, mm-hmm. they not realize? But yeah, yeah, like there is the uh, like person like uh, with the role like yourself like just making them feel comfortable making it justified or whatever and it, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to be like even if you're like this is odd to be like yeah. well it could be real so i better <laughs> um, yeah. but i think uh i believe and i don't know if i read this right but i think 
that Netflix has like general signups uh, for a lot of their programming. Oh, Oh, interesting. And that's how they get like trick people into not thinking they're actually on too hot to handle or like uh, (laughs) this and that. And because there's a lot of shows where they don't realize that they're on that show kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that that is smart because I think Mm -hmm. ultimately, if that's your goal to be on television, then um, chances are, you know, you'll be happy about it once you find out, you know, Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely, you know, you, you do feel bad sometimes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I always, I always think about for, uh, this, uh, kind of like hidden camera type stuff. I don't know if you remember the show it was on MTV and host. It only went like five episodes or something like that, but it was hosted by Ryan Dunn where it was called Home Wreckers. Oh, okay. And rings a bell. he completely would renovate someone's uh, room, like bedroom, into something terrible. Um, <laughs> and like work with the roommate to do it or whatever. But I remember like one was just making it into turn this person's room into a completely functional, dirty public bathroom, like a concert <laughs> venue bathroom. <laughs> Complete with like the guy walking in and immediately like a uh, actor like came out, flushed the toilet and walked out of the washroom. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, they but, must have to convert it back, right? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh, it only went five episodes, so I feel like something <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe that was the thing that was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, because that's that is. Yeah, that's tricky, right? Like, I guess. um yeah, I guess like there's an expense if they needed to convert it back. But yeah, that's I mean, that's very funny for yeah, sure. I, yeah, I, I thought about it and it hardly it went such a short period of time. And then I think it was off air. And that's why I feel like it must have had some kind of controversy. But I, yeah. I watched every episode. I remember it being on like Kojiko on demand or something at one point. <laughs> And just like, yeah, one person's room, like the wallpaper was all like human hair. And then they made Ugh. their blanket on their bed out of human hair. Like it was just oh. disgusting. Like the, oh, and it was like carpeted with human hair. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that's worse than an underground tunnel. <laughs> it's also expensive too, I'm sure, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Especially, what an expensive prank. Especially yeah. <laughs> the functional bathroom one. Like the, the amount of plumbing. <laughs> That's wild. Oh, that's very <laughs> funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> but on that Although, note. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, but, you know, it may be nice to have a bathroom in your bedroom, you know. <laughs> that's true. You that's don't have true. to leave your room in the middle of the night. I know. Very COVID safe. <laughs> on that note, we got a story to tell. Uh-oh. Yay! <laughs> we all drew positions beforehand. Anessa, mm-hmm. do you want to reveal what you drew? I drew the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll go to a random celebrity generator. It's going to give you four options and you'll have to appear as one of those celebrities at some point during the story. This is so fun. So your options are Heidi Klum, Mm -hmm. Barbara Streisand, Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant, Uh and Jay Leno. Uh (laughs) Okay. Amazing. That's a round table I want to be at. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, Damien, what did you draw? I drew the swing, so I have no extra responsibilities. I can come and go as I please. And uh, we all know what that means, Cody. Uh, you drew the narrator. Yeah. And for that, we're going to go to canigeta.com for a location, a relationship, or a word. What would you like today? Let's do a word. Quantity. 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 Love it. Interesting. Ooh. The spooky quantity. All right. And we'll get right into that story. But first, we want to talk to you about our friends over at Ana Luisa. That's right. Ana Luisa has got some affordable jewelry for you at home. And Mother's Day's coming up. So that's what you need. You need affordable jewelry to make sure that you can treat the people you care about. Well, yeah. And this is the thing. Like, I have already gifted my mother mm -hmm. some jewelry from Ana Luisa. Oh, what'd she say? She was ecstatic. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she was very happy. I mean, they have very unique designs mm -hmm. that make you look elegant, make you look beautiful. I want an elegant mother. Right. I, I hope your dad wasn't mad. He's like, oh, you're showing me up. No, he was he was ecstatic, too. He was oh. like, finally, your mother has elegance. <laughs> he got to play with the little uh, snap pouches that it comes in. <laughs> exactly. That's the fun part. Well, yeah, and I, I kept bringing that up to my <laughs> mom, too. I'm like, but how about the snap pouch it comes in? Because mm -hmm. we were really impressed by this. We are uh, simple men. Yeah, it, and the jewelry is completely carbon neutral, but also the packaging is carbon neutral, mm -hmm. too. Um, and this packaging, it's just a, like a magnetic snap. Yeah. And I, I kept trying to say, like, Mom, did you like the magnetic snap? And she's like, I love the jewelry. I mean, magnets, how do they work, right? Yeah, so it, it has something for everyone. That's true, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's part of the high quality right there. It's like, even if the packaging is going to be that good, you know what's inside has got to be good too, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like we said, affordable prices starting mm -hmm. at $39. Yeah. But not only that, but we have the hookup for you too. That's right. If you go to shop.analuisa.com slash spooked, that's shop.analuisa.com slash spooked, S-P-O-O-K-E-D, you'll get buy one, get one, 40% off for this Mother's Day. So you can get something nice for your mom and something nice for yourself or someone else special. Yeah, two pieces of jewelry for your mom? Well, that's that's a little wild. We don't want to go overboard. Or two pieces of jewelry for yourself. Yeah, two you pieces of jewelry for your mom, two pieces of jewelry for you. You don't have to feel guilty about it. We'll assume one's for your mom. Mm -hmm. You can just take two. That's true. And we get all the invoices, so we know what everyone's ordering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's lucky that's transparent because yeah, we yeah. want to know what you're getting. We, we're just really excited about making sure that everyone's getting nice pieces of jewelry. We want to make sure that our listeners are the, uh, the best accessorized in all of Podcastia. And, and I, I know what you guys are thinking. Mm -hmm. Like These two are a couple of bozos. We've heard them over the years. Yep. What do they know? Well, it is beautiful jewelry. And if you don't believe us, go check it out yourself because we know that you'll be impressed. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, not only that, every Friday they have new designs. So they have affordable jewelry every Friday, new deals for you. And again, you know, go to shop.analuisa.com slash spooked. A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash S-P-O-O-K-E-D. Come on, get that buy one, get one on deal. This episode of Spooked is brought to you by BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Spooked, S-P-O-O-K-E-D, to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, 
H-E-L-P dot com slash spooked. Yes. Love is in the air. That's Valentine's right. Day is Va- coming up. Valentine's Day coming up, and it's okay if you don't have a sweetheart this year. Mm-hmm. Have no fear. I know that that weighs on a lot of people, whether they have a Valentine, don't have That's a Valentine. Right. you know. And the stresses of planning Valentine's Day is a lot. It can be a lot for you, and you might need someone to talk to during this time. Self-love is important, and what better way to do that than with our friends at BetterHelp? Exactly. I know that for myself, mm-hmm. I get a lot of uh, stress while... Uh, doing planning and do, and putting things together that really uh, stresses me out. It um, gives me anxiety. It uh, it makes me kind of just fold up and want to just stay in bed. But it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. So the people at BetterHelp have people to talk to you about this and talk to me. Yeah. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp's a great way to do that. It's entirely online. So even if you are stuck in bed, what great way to start it where you don't have to leave the first few sessions. Exactly, yeah. Just open up your Open uh, it up laptop. and get it started right there. Yeah, in bed. Perfect. You can still wear your jammies, just as I like it. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, whatever that schedule may be. Just fill out their brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And, hey, if they don't work out for some reason, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. Yeah, you're not stuck to a therapist, you know? And and it's all uh, online and everything, so you don't have to have that awkward thing of, like, in person, and then they're just wondering whether you're, they're going to see you again in person, and it's more of a connection. No! Do online. Do BetterHelp. That's right. So don't forget, go to BetterHelp.com slash spooked to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash spooked. Today. It was a dark evening. Thunder crashed around the house. The lights completely off everywhere but the basement. We see a woman put in one last item under this blanket. It looks like the blanket has so many things underneath. It's just constant bumps and lumps all under it. She walks back upstairs and leaves it behind. Goes up to the living room, sits down, turns on the TV, waking up her kid upstairs. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Night Show with Jay Leno. <laughs> uh, this is a special episode here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got tired of hanging around with my cars. So uh, uh, hope you're enjoying your evening. Hope you're not a lonely lady sitting at home by yourself. <laughs> um, Mom? Mom, why do you got the TV up so loud? Because Jay Leno is soothing, honey. I miss a late night talk show host that I can relate to. Well, Mama, it's just that I have school in the morning and I'm I really don't want to be late. And I, I want to be wide awake because I love to learn. Yes. And I'm sorry you don't have a father figure of your own. Uh, so I will turn down the volume slightly, but just remember, if you get afraid, there's always Jay Leno. It sounds like someone's at the door. 
Uh, oh, hold on. <laughs> Let me get it. Hello? Hey, hey, I heard you were watching some Jay Leno. Do you mind if I come in and watch some Jay Leno with you? Oh, I'm sorry. It's not safe for me to invite a stranger into the house as I'm a woman alone with a child. Oh, well, I'm I'm my name is Mike and this is my uh, my son, uh, uh, Thomas. Oh, you've brought a child with you. <laughs> I brought a child with me. We were just in the neighborhood. We were uh, checking out uh, storm drain gutters because uh, it's a hobby of ours, you know. Uh, and then I heard that Jay Leno was playing. And, uh, you know, we just we love cruising around the neighborhood and seeing if people let us come in and watch late night talk shows with them. Isn't that right, Thomas? <laughs> he doesn't say much. Um, Mom, mom, can I talk to you for a minute? Yes, sorry. If you'll excuse me, I need to have a private sidebar with my son. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Yes. Well, Mom, I'm just a little bit concerned for two reasons. Okay. One, he seems to be, um, that guy seems to be dressed like Paddington, but with a hook hand. Right. But you know that we don't judge people based on how they look or what they wear. I didn't mean to overhear what you said, but your child was very loud. We were just uh, cosplaying Paddington characters. We were at uh, the Comic Con earlier this afternoon, and I just hadn't gotten home to change yet. As for the hook, uh, uh, we were getting some big ice blocks out of the freezer, and that's what I have this for. So please don't be concerned. Yes. I'll, I'll let you get back to your sidebar. Thank you so much. And reason number two. Uh, reason number two is that I don't know, Thomas. I don't recognize that kid. He's never been at any of the schools I've been to. Oh, and I and you transfer me from school to school constantly. Interesting. So you're thinking that this child might not be his. Well, in that case. Maybe we should invite them in to get more information. Yeah, I guess I think I, I, oh, if you think it's safe, mom, then I, I'm OK with it. But well, well, I guess my concern is if this child isn't his, perhaps this child is in danger and you and I can maybe save him. All right, well. Let's put on our detective hats, shall we? <laughs> they dress, they both uh, dress up as uh, sure matching Sherlock Holmes, and now they're sitting across from the two matching Paddingtons. Oh, were you were you guys at Comic Con too? I didn't see you earlier. Uh, yes, yes, we were. Why don't you come in um, and tell me again, uh, Thomas? Thomas, that's your name, right? Yeah, he doesn't say much. He's a he's a quiet boy, a quiet lad. Uh, uh, you know, homeschooling. You know, you know what happens there. I could the, say a little something if you'd like, uh, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, we talked about this. You do. Wow, Thomas, your voice is so mature. Well, yes, it is, but me's eight years old, so I'm a growing boy. I'm uh, sure your little son must be a little bit younger than me, huh? Because he's got a little squeaky voice. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, he's bright for his age, but he is only eight years old. And um, tell me, how long have you been his son? Well, I would say that uh, 
probably the last just two years now. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, wow. Okay. He uh, used to live with his mom, but then she uh, she uh, abandoned him in front of the fire station when he was six years old. And uh, I happened to be in the neighborhood. I was checking the storm drains and I'm like, oh, that's Thomas, my son. You see, the things with me that you got to know is that I've mm-hmm. been abandoned by my father and mother, mother almost interchangeably. It's About just, every two years. Yeah, one every once in a while, my mom abandons me, and then my father comes in, and then every once in a while, he abandons me, and then there's my mom's again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, and here we were judging you for knocking on our door past midnight, uh, dressed in rain clothes with a hook for a hand. And now we find out that you, in fact, have gone through so much in your life. And, well, please, come in. Let me make you a cup of tea. Oh, yes, please. Thank you. I, I need to be heavily caffeinated this time of night. Do you oh. have any uh, Coors Light? Oh, uh, absolutely. Yes. How, how many do you have? Um, one. One. Just uh, one. One can of Coors Light that I right. save for guests. Well, uh, uh, it'll, it'll have to do then. I absolutely. prefer two cans or even three cans, but one uh, will do. All right. Uh, there you are. Oh, thank you. I'm it's- just going to use my hook to uh, open the can. See, it's a multi purpose tool. Well, um, I should say, um, if you're planning on staying the night and uh, uh, I assume you are, it's so late and rainy outside. Uh, Just one word of caution. Mm -hmm. Don't go to the basement. Oh, is there a reason why or? I mean, I if I were you, I wouldn't go to the basement. Can me and my dads have a, a little sidebar now? Oh, please, please. I'll just be over here with my son who doesn't have a father. Mm. Thomas, I don't know what the heck's going on. I mean, we came in here because we wanted to watch Jay Leno, and now we're being invited for the night and told not to go in the basement. What the heck? It really thinks that it makes me think that the good stuff is down in the basement. Maybe some real uh, uh, treasures, you know, maybe oh. some uh, old. Uh, sorry. Um, let me just wipe the makeup off me. He wipes the makeup off of his face and it reveals a full beard underneath. OK, sorry. I just like to be myself for a second. Uh, yeah. So we snuck into this place and I think that if we go into the basement, then maybe we could see something that's a, a little bit good if we could just get in there for a moment. And that's I true. I think I think if we're given a chance and Jay Leno's given another monologue, we might just have enough of a distraction time. That's true. Please have a seat and I'll oh. resume the episode. Okay, yes. Put the yes. makeup back on me quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <clears throat> As I said, uh, don't go into the basement. And why would you want to? I've mm. got every episode of Jay Leno's entire career on VHS recording. Wow. Uh, let's go back to this episode from 1998. That was, a, <laughs> that was my favorite year of The Tonight Show. <laughs> it's kind of when I got into the show, so there's a bit of nostalgia for me. Hey, uh, what's with this grunge music? Oh, so good. Uh, <laughs> um. You know, uh, uh, the last time I I, I wore a, 
a plaid outfit. Uh, uh, I, I was a uh, in Scotland. <laughs> oh, Jay, always eight years too late for the joke. <laughs> I, hey, uh, check out these headlines. Um, <laughs> oh, what's what's this going on here? Uh, <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, quickly, quickly, you sneak into uh, the basement. I'll I'll keep him distracted by talking talking about Jay Leno's cool jokes. Right, I'll get down there now. Uh, what do you what do you think about uh, Jay's monologue here? Do you think it really kind of encapsulates the whole ideal of what the Tonight Show really was under him? How many cars do you think he had at this time? Uh, Mom, if you don't mind, I'll excuse myself for a moment too. Okay, sweetheart, uh, whatever you want to do. I don't understand any of this grunge music jokes. <laughs> Oh, hey, uh, what's going? What, what's going on with our president? Uh, uh, I I believe it's Bill Clinton. Ooh. Hey, he's he, he he's gonna learn how to how to how to how to keep his mouth shut. I, I haven't seen so much talking since um since a very prominent convention that took place in 1998. This is my uh, favorite uh, era of Jay because he was never really sure who the president was. <laughs> and I, I feel like it just kind of really encapsulated the way that we felt as Americans. You know? uh, hey, you go to the dollar store recently? Uh, uh, I picked up a product called uh, uh, a Nips. Uh, it, it's like a, it's like a, a candy, uh, but the, but it, but what's with that? <laughs> are, are they talking about nipples? I mean, uh, I haven't had anybody talk about my, my nipples, uh, uh, uh since I breastfed my cat. <laughs> this is a great area for Jay Leno where he talked about nipples all the time, especially his own. He was really obsessed with it. And uh, this is right about the time he started getting into classic cars. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm thinking about uh, uh, covering my Cadillac in denim. Uh, I'm going to think about it for 10 more years and then I'm actually going to do it and drive <laughs> Burbank in it. Flash to the basement. Thomas is sneaking down the stairs. Uh, the other uh, little boy following close behind to keep an eye on him. Uh, Thomas uh, reaches uh, over and sees the big blanket just covering all of these mysterious lumps. He throws it aside. Oh, my God. It's a pile of human heads. Mom! Thomas, uncovered your secret. Ah, Thomas, you weren't supposed to do that right now. You were supposed to wait until our guests got into a Jay Leno coma. And then we could remove their nipples and add it to our flesh pile. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just a little boy. You don't want to do that to me. Wait a minute. This whole thing is a Jay Leno nipple scam. <laughs> Listen, Thomas, this this might be a good thing for us. We love Jay Leno. Wait, did you come up with a whole diabolical plan based on one Jay Leno joke from an episode in 1998? Yes, 
Jay Leno referenced a brand of candy, Nips, N-I-P-S, in 1998. And I never forgot it because I knew that Jay Leno was communicating with me via the television and that I, a mother, must collect all the nipples in all of the world. Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. Do you actually have all the Jay Leno episodes on VHS tape or do you only have this one episode? Oh, no, actually, I've been recording them for years. Is there? Oh, OK, OK. No, I was I was just going to be a little upset if you only had this one. But the fact uh, that you have them all, I'm actually quite impressed. So I this also, one does stand out. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Uh-huh. I also don't know if it'll change anything and stop you from trying to skin us or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, the candy's actually nibs. <laughs> does that help at all? Like, it's not nips. Uh, nibs is a canadian candy absolutely i love a licorice variety but there is also a caramel candy similar to a werther's original called nips n-i-p-s that you can buy at dollar stores in america in 1998 oh my apologies you can tell that i'm actually (laughs) canadian based on my accent uh, what about the uh, what about uh, Nick L Nip? The little bottles that you bite the top off and they're full of goo. Yes, <laughs> that's another go. Nip candy. Yes, exactly. And think about it. Uh, um, if there's any kind of candy that if it has even a hair of a sexual innuendo, don't you think we should all know about it? <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Don't agree, Dad. We're going to get out of here. Have you ever tried uh, the chocolate bar dong? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want to. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Full two, of nuts. <laughs> two nuts and a big vein running down. Wait a minute, that's <laughs> Snickers. <laughs> it's true. Oh, well. Uh, this has been a laugh, but uh, we better get back to the matter at hand. Skinning you alive under the guidance of our Lord Jay Leno. <laughs> Don't worry, Mom. I'll corner this one down here. Yes, you take the one with the beard. I'll take the papa. Oh, me makeup's running. Well, yeah. You could tell he had a beard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious. It's either a beard or a really, a really big chin, uh, which I'm also an expert on. Hey, if you believe in Jay Leno, you can believe in a chin this big. Uh, exactly, exactly, exactly. And can you believe it? Here you thought you were pulling the wool over our eyes. But let me just tell you, (laughs) you're not the first hook I've seen and you won't be the last. If you catch my drift. I'm a single woman. Uh, Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Wait, are you are you coming on to me? No, no. I just referencing hook dicks. Uh, Oh, Uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was a, it was my my joke, but you know what? Hey, I'm not the I'm not Jay Leno. <laughs> I never said I was the comedian. You know what I mean? Well, maybe if you didn't, uh, you know, uh, uh, skin all the guys that came into your house alive, you you wouldn't be single anymore. Maybe if you huh. you know got to know them a little bit and took them out for a, a nice dinner at a TGI Fridays or or maybe at uh, you know some place where you could get some nice barbecue or something, you know, a can of Coors Light or two even. Um, huh. Oh, interesting idea. Are you asking me out? 
Well, me and my wife, we still got a kind of weird thing going oh, on. Of course, of course, <laughs> they're always married. Get him! Yeah, you, you almost saved our lives. <laughs> Had to bring up the wife. What is this? What is this? Match.com in 1998? <laughs> it's surprising that you and the wife still have something going on when you abandoned me over and over again, back and forth. Well, we never officially broke things off, you know, and, you know, keep seeing you every couple of years really makes me feel like there's something still there. You know, oh, maybe it's just wishful thinking. Dad, dad, you gotta give it up already. She's not coming back. Finally, you found love over here. What? You, you both love Jay Leno. You, it's true. You both watch it. You knew how to explain all the jokes and now you everyone enjoyed it. Listen, back in my hometown of Canada, we had this show called The Brady Bunch. I don't know if it made its way over here, but it was a woman with kids and a man with kids got together and they became one happy family. So I don't see any reason why if you don't see any kind of sparks right here, right now, that this kind of thing just can't happen to us. And maybe we can just start nicking nips together. Yeah. Beautiful speech, powerful stuff. So what do you say? Shall I duct tape you to this chair and we'll watch Jay Leno for the next 12 hours straight? You know, nothing would make me happier. Or hornier. <laughs> hey! You ever notice how... Uh... When you when you go to a, a regular coffee shop, uh, uh, they do remember your name, but when you go to Starbucks, they don't. And that's the first time anyone has done this joke. <laughs> Spooked. Wow, that was a scary story. <laughs> wow, I guess I have to apologize uh, immediately right out of the gate. Um, yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. This is the part of the show where we apologize for everything we said throughout the episode. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, that is a real candy. I will say that. And um, all throughout my life, I will say people have forced me to do a Jay Leno. Um, uh, despite, <laughs> despite despite my vehement protests uh, to not do it. Uh, well, I nobody forced you, a good you Jay today. Leno. Nobody forced you today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, with that list that yeah. uh, I was given. Uh, um, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I think arguably putting Jay Leno up against Kobe Bryant was a bit of a force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. <laughs> oh, Anessa, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, I loved having you on. Uh, where can everyone follow you? Yes, please uh, follow me. Um, it's Inessa, I-N-E-S-S-A comedy on Instagram, Twitter and um, everything. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, please. Uh, would love would love a follower, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. <laughs> we can guarantee one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> one um, of us. Yeah. <laughs> Just one. Though. Yeah. Only one. <laughs> Um, I had a lot of fun too. Thank you so much for having me and letting me uh, yap and yammer on about stuff. 
Oh, I loved it. Amazing. And yes, we will be tweeting it out at Spook Podcast as well as go to the SarnaNetwork.com. Mm-hmm. You can see a full profile on Anessa uh, there with direct links to her social medias as well as other episodes that have been done on the network. And you can also go to the Sonar shop. And whether you believe in ghosts or don't believe in ghosts, we got a shirt for you. You got to buy them. Guys, listen, we both had COVID. We were out of work for a few weeks. We need the money. <laughs> if you don't buy these shirts. Please, 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 please buy these shirts. Love it. Spooked. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.